Welcome back, everybody. We have come to our Encounter with God section. And before we begin our Encounter with God in the book of Galatians, we're going to have another, oh, where another stuck clue it? from the quiz. I was going to say another I quiz st- oh, from here the it clue. Is. <laughs> Almost didn't find it again. I hit it somewhere different. I was like, oh, no, where have I put that quiz card? Okay. Our next clue you're is... Gonna, you're going to run out of hiding places here soon. You know, there's no, not that many, many not that hiding many. places on our desk. I forgot I had a pocket. I knew it'd be safe there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What am I? I'm going to quickly run through all the different clues that we've had. Number one was Paul accused false brothers of being these for the purpose of making slaves of true believers. Clue two, the teachers of the law and the chief priest used these to help find a way to arrest Jesus. Number three... I got it. Joseph accused his brothers of being these. And our next one, which I think is going to be a lot easier, Rahab the prostitute was not killed because she gave two of these lodging. There you go. Mm. There's been a pair of these in the news recently, some yeah. Russian ones that had a bit of a strife in uh-huh, England. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> There's another clue. <laughs> A pair of X ones, anyway. Yeah, X ones. That's right. There you go. Well, Fantastic. one and his daughter. <laughs> anyway, what was their what was their occupation? A very, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, sneaky occupation. Yeah, yeah. One of those ones that uh, is 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 always seen as being super exciting, but I think that most of the time, people in this occupation are kind of pretty boring. Yeah. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. I don't know. That seemed pretty exciting to me. No, I know one. And, uh, and all he does is sit at a desk in front of a computer all day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds boring. Yeah. But hey, we're sitting at a desk in front of a computer, aren't we? <laughs> but at least we get to talk to each other. No, we get to talk to you. Everybody. What am I saying? We get to talk to you. And speaking of speaking to you, what are we speaking about today? We're doing the uh, Encounter in God, right? That's exactly right. I wonder whether you can read for me mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And verse 26. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 says, For you are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm, Let me see that for a second. Let me see that a second. Um, If you, um, often in many translations here where it says children of God by faith in Jesus Christ, it actually says sons. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Why do many translations use the word sons here? Um, I th- isn't it? Is, is, is it's Paul, just the old-fashioned way of saying. just saying, you know, only uh, the guys? if you're going to be children of God, only guys get to be children of God. No, I think it's just the old-fashioned way of saying it. Sons of God, right? Okay, so there's a couple of things that are worth noticing here mm-hmm. as we begin um, in relationship to being sons of God because often you'll talk about being sons of God. You know, this is a, mm-hmm. a, a fairly common theme in what Paul is writing and we need to remember that Paul is writing to the Celtic church. Mm-hmm. The Galatians were Celts. Mm-hmm. And in Celtic um, society, unlike Jewish society, the inheritance would only ever pass on down to the male line. Oh, okay. And the context here is inheritance. Ah, there you go. So when he's talking about inheritance and he's talking to a Celtic church and a Celtic society, he uses the word sons Mm -hmm. because uh, this is something that they will understand. Now, of course, in Jewish society, it would pass down to the male line unless there was a female line, in which case it would pass down to the female line. That's much nicer and fairer. (laughs) Now, Paul goes out of his way... In context here to say, okay, it's not just about sons. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the males, I should say. And, of course, you'll find that if you go to the next three verses. Would you like to read those for us, please? So that's Galatians three twenty-seven to 30. Yes. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Okay, so has Paul clarified himself here? Absolutely. Yeah, just in, case you, just in case you're getting the wrong idea and thinking, okay, it's just about men, you know, because writing to the Celtic church, the Celts are obviously going to get it. They're going to understand it. That makes sense to them. Uh, but the book of Galatians is written for all people for all time. And just in case you are getting a little confused here, it's like, yeah, let me clarify this for you. You know, you're all one in Christ. There's no difference whether you're male or female or Greek or Gentile or Celt or um, any other different kind of nationality or whether you're different uh, one sex or the other sex. There's no difference here whatsoever at all. Uh, you are all one in Christ. And if you belong to Jesus Christ, then you are Abraham's descendant spiritually. 
And you are in line for the promises of God, the inheritance Sounds that God nice. has promised to give to us. So the context here is inheritance. How then do we receive those promises and that inheritance according to verse 27? Verse 27 said, let me just flick back a page. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism, ooh, is that it there, in baptism, Mm -hmm. have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Okay, so how important is baptism then? It's very important then if that's how you... Pick up your inheritance, basically. Okay, so how does how does something that uh, you know just sort of takes place on the outside affect what is happening on the inside? I mean, isn't it all just about our relationship with God? Shouldn't shouldn't uh, you know whether we're baptized or not, not actually make any difference? Well, I think our relationship with God, a part of that has to do with us following God and following His instructions for our life. And if He instructs us to be baptized, then that. That it's part of that. Okay, so if God says you should be baptized, and you're like, yeah, well, I really don't get why, so I'm going to choose not to, mm, that's, then... It's going to be a spanner in the works of your relationship with God. What does that say about your relationship with God? That you're not really that interested in having one with Him. Yeah, that's probably a fair call. Okay, so why does God make baptism so important? It's an external thing. It's on the outside. It's not to do with the heart. It's not to do with your relationship with God. It's not to do with you know. It's just a. It's just. A, it's a. It's a ceremony. Why does Why does God make this particular ceremony so important? Where He comes along and basically says, "Look, if you want to receive the inheritance um, that was promised to Abraham, that inheritance of eternal life, then you need to be baptized." Uh, this is a really important question that we need to dig into because we need to understand. You know, when God asks us to do some of these external things, what is his reasoning behind it? What is his motivation for it? What is it that he's trying to accomplish? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So what do you think, Mon? Why is baptism so important? Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I have a feeling it might have something to do with why a wedding is so important, right? Yeah. Because we all know that they why love each other right? before. So why is a wedding important? Why, why don't two people like just decide they love each other and like That's it. in a quiet place by themselves, like, yeah, we promise to love each other for the rest of our lives. It's done. I think it's, isn't it a bit like it's a public declaration that this is now legit and this is going forward and we are definitely committing to each other. We're making like a statement of commitment and we'll be together forever thereafter and they start their lives together and then the public recognizes that there's a commitment been made and then those are a couple and it's a bit like that. I think there's a number of things that come into it and I think that's a very, very big part of it. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like this. Let's say that um, you know two people love each other and they just decide, yeah, we're just gonna we're just going we're going to be married. So they, we, we're going to marry ourselves. So they make promises to each other and that's it. Now they consider themselves as being married to the rest of the world. What does it look like? If nobody was there, there was no witnesses, there was no ceremony. What it, does it look like? It looks like nothing's changed, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and we might sit back and say, okay, they've said they've said they've, they've made promises to each other and promises to God. But did they really? Yeah. Did they just say they did it, but they haven't yeah. actually? So the first thing is, it kind of it kind of looks bad, and it kind of looks sneaky, and it kind of looks, well, why would you do that behind everybody else's back? Are you not proud of your spouse? Yeah. You know, are you ashamed of something? Are you ashamed of standing up and saying, I love this person so much, I want to spend the rest of my life exclusively with them? Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like when, uh, you know, I have been in that situation where I've had a boyfriend who wanted to keep it a secret and didn't want to tell anyone. Like, those, that's the person you should dump very quickly. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's One something the- definitely wrong going on. And we talked about that during our new segment mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, we're losing $2.5 million in Australia exactly. every year to romance scams. And this mm-hmm. is one of the areas that romance scammers will go for. Oh, don't tell anyone about our relationship. Yeah. They want to try and keep it a secret. Dump them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, Jesus doesn't want to keep our relationship a secret, and is that why he wants us to get baptized? Yes, I think that well, baptism is a very public declaration of your commitment, a lifelong commitment to serving Jesus Christ. So, I think the first thing there is that if you are actually seriously making this commitment, what are you afraid of? Mm. You know, sometimes I have people come to me like, yeah, I really want to get baptized because I want to get to heaven, but I don't want anyone else to be there. I'm like, why are you ashamed of Jesus Christ? It's a very good question. 
you know, Jesus says, if you deny me, I will deny you. Mm. Uh, because, you know, deny, you know, imagine if you had a spouse that you loved in, and, and they're like, yeah, just let's keep it a secret and let's never ever tell anyone that we're actually married. Mm. Then you would assume immediately that your spouse was incredibly ashamed of you mm-hmm. and didn't, you know, how would you feel? I'd feel terrible. I feel yeah. so degraded and devalued and unloved. Super unloved. Yeah. And so if we really love God, it's like, yeah, baptize me. I want I invite everybody. I uh-huh. want everybody to be there. And not only that, but I mean, from this verse here in Galatians, it sounds like, you know, through the um, baptism, is, that's how you basically collect on God's promise to Abraham. Do you get the inheritance, right? That's right. Yeah. There's a second thing that I see involved in this. Mm-hmm. And that is, there is a change that takes place in, in your mind. There's mm-hmm. a certain mindset mm. That is very, very different from when um, two people just sort of get together quietly and make a commitment to each other. Like, yeah, we're going to love each other for the rest of our lives and move in together. Mm -hmm. Compared to where they actually spend the money, have a ceremony, you know, might not be a lot of money. Some like my wedding had eleven hundred dollar budget. Nice. Um, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, some people spend thirty thousand or you know whatever it might be. But you spend the money, have a ceremony, invite all of your friends. It solidifies it that that service in and of itself solidifies in your mind that you've made a lifelong commitment in a way that two people having a conversation can never solidify in their mind. Mm, and I think people who who just kind of closure on that decision. Yeah, and people who have gotten married have, have they've often told me that is it's different after you get married, and people who don't get married wouldn't understand that. It's one of the reasons why you've got people who are in long-term relationships and who decide, yeah, we're going to get get married and they've got, you know, a whole family and they've been together for 15 years. They get married and they break up, Mm. you know, within the first year after their marriage and people go, well, how is that even possible? Have you got to be joking? What what, what went on there? And it's because, uh, it's often because they can't handle the commitment and the commitment of it you know, after having been together for so long and always having had that escape route, and now it's like, well, the escape route is gone, and they panic, and the whole thing falls apart. Mm. And so, if you want a marriage to work, statistically, we know that if you don't live together beforehand and you don't sleep together beforehand, you have a much, much higher success rate of that marriage actually working. Mm. I thought it was interesting in the nineties how that it was quite fashionable to not have a wedding you know it was like it's just a piece of paper that kind of um that what is something that's now considered cliche to say Mm -hmm. now weddings are sort of back in fashion you know thanks to social media putting out lots of pictures you know this big beautiful day and so now it's uh, it's sort of more fashionable to have the wedding again um but i do know several people you know lots of people actually who just you know it's just a piece of paper was their attitude and uh and so they, they never really got married and I, and I feel like they they do have a tinge of regret as well. Yes, yes. They live with that sneaking away in the back of their mind that they never made that full commitment. And because they never made that full commitment, they always feel slightly insecure. Mm. Uh, even though they're in love and they've got a great relationship, there is always that sense of insecurity that, you know, this other person was not prepared to, you know, stand up in front of, you know, all of our family and friends and say, I'm going to be with this person for the rest of my life. I value them that much. Does that relate to baptism as well? It does. It absolutely does. And, of course, you know, baptism is very similar because it's kind of like our marriage to God, where we are saying, I'm surrendering myself to God, I'm going to stand up in front of my friends and my family, and I'm going to publicly testify that nothing is ever going to stop me from being a servant of God. It's an amazing commitment, an amazing public commitment, and if you haven't done either, maybe you could give us a call and we can have a chat about that. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Have you been baptized? Have you not been baptized? Are you married? Are you just not married but living with your partner? Let's have a chat.
I'm kind of homesick for a country where I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken. For time won't matter anymore. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on the I'll stand where my like that one right yeah it was lovely beautiful Mm. song never heard that one before i don't think there you go i've heard it before and glad to hear it again so we were talking about baptism here in our encounter with god and we have been talking about the importance of baptism and why god says it's important let's look at a couple of verses on this so let's move out of galatians now and let's go over to well let's go over to the gospel of john and let's find out just how important the Bible says, or Jesus says, that baptism is. So in Galatians, Paul makes baptism a part of receiving the inheritance of God. Mm-hmm. In Romans, of course, he expands on this and says we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, whatever Jesus Christ inherits, so do we, mm-hmm. which is just mind-boggling when you stop and think about it. You know, why would God, why would God offer something like that to us, you know, sinful human beings, and yet he does. If we go to John uh, chapter 3, uh, Mon, why don't you read for us verse 5, please. John th- 3 and verse 5. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So how important does... <coughs> important does how, let me try that again. How much importance does Jesus place on baptism right here? 
Well, very important if he says that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. I think the key word there is the word without, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty pretty simple word. My 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 word, you know, um, my verse translation uses the word except. Except mm-hmm. he's born of water and the spirit, or unless. And these are all words that rule out any other means of salvation. So what about the thief on the cross? Was he baptized? That's a good question. Yes. It he was. wasn't baptized, but I just can't imagine that Jesus like Jesus is in the business of filling heaven, not like tripping people up so they can't get into heaven. Absolutely. And so what Jesus is illustrating right here is everybody for whom it is possible. Okay. And I've had some people come up with some pretty lame excuses. And once again, I'm like, why? You know, seriously, you don't want to profess your love for Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had other people like, for instance, a lady that I knew who was 87 years old. And on the day of her baptism, she was, she was having her photo taken uh, with a young lady who was a Bible worker who had been studying with her. And she was standing on the footpath when she had this photo taken. And they went off to move off to where she was going to be baptized. And she tripped on the expansion joint in the concrete and fell and cracked her skull. Oh. Which is not good for a woman who is that old. Of course, the ambulance was called and the ambulance turned up. And as it turned out, she remained conscious and refused to get into the ambulance. Just oh, really? And what she said was, she said, you, you know, I've been waiting 87 years for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, 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 this is the day of my baptism and nothing is going to stop me today from professing my love for Jesus Christ. And the ambulance officers were very, very concerned and she was very... You know how some old ladies can get really stubborn? Yes. She was one of those. She, <laughs> oh, was, she was one of those. A firecracker. And so as it turned out, the only way that they could actually get her in the ambulance was to baptize her first. Wow. Put her in a wheelchair, pick the wheelchair up, <laughs> four people, one on each corner of the wheelchair, baptized her, wheelchair and all. What, in the bathtub? No, in a swimming pool. Oh, bless her heart. Praise the Lord. And then put her in the ambulance. <laughs> she, was, she was not getting in there <laughs> until she had been baptized. Oh, bless. That's such a great story. Yeah, you know, and I look at that and then other people are like, oh, I don't like water. <laughs> or, oh, you know, what, what, you know, what if other people are there and they see me? Well, that's, that's kind of the point, point you yeah. know. Do you not mm-hmm. love Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you not want people to know that you love Jesus? <clears throat> okay, so Paul uses, uh, John, uh, Jesus uses those words there over in the book of Mark. Um, and, of course, Jesus was baptized unnecessarily. Unnecessarily? Yeah. What do you mean? He never sinned. Why did he need to be baptized? Oh, that's a really good question. Two reasons. Number one, because Jesus is our example in all things. And number two, he was baptized for those for whom it was truly impossible. It was truly impossible for the thief on the cross. It was. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing. I've never thought about that. I mean, I, I, think, if you're, I yeah. think if you're nailed to a cross, you've got a good excuse. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fair enough. You're nailed to a cross. That's right. <laughs> okay. Mark chapter, uh, sorry, uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Mark 16, verses 16 says, let me find it. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Okay, so is it just baptism that saves you, according to that verse? No. Baptism and belief, those two things going together. So if you get baptized as an unbeliever, what are you? You're just a wet human? You're wet. You are a wet unbeliever. <laughs> okay, got it. Whereas if you are baptized as a believer, you're then a wet Christian, which is great. You can get a towel and dry off. A baptized wet Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go over to Romans, which of course is the expansion of Galatians. And in Romans, you know, Paul just sort of says it here in one verse. You know, you're baptized, you become, um, uh, you receive the inheritance. Whereas in Romans, in fact, we might keep this for tomorrow's study. Mm -hmm. In Romans, he goes into it in much greater detail and explains why and how it is we become receivers of that inheritance. You've got like three whole chapters on it there in Romans. That You know, in Galatians, you've got about four verses on it. So that's coming up for tomorrow's study. I also want to know what exactly the inheritance is, like Abraham's inheritance. What is that? Absolutely. This is Chelsea. Chelsea Moon. Yes.
Bible School Kids Program and on the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. was Chris Weiniger, um, Oh How I Love Jesus. And you're listening to Faith FM. We have come to our question of the day, and our question of the day is one that uh, I've actually referred to our expert who was with us in the studio a little while ago, and I've now got her on the phone. Nicolene, you, you're there on the phone? I am here. Thank you, Lyle. Wonderful. I'm going to put this question to you because this is your ex- area of expertise and not mine. And so this is the question that's coming from a listener. If humans and dinosaurs roamed the earth at the same time, why don't we find their bones in the same places or the same layers? All right. 
From a creationist perspective, there's more than enough evidence in support of dinosaurs dying on a large scale, mainly during the flood. Now, differential escape means that the stronger, more mobile land animals were buried later since they were able to sense danger, causing them to flee to higher areas from the rising water. Now, it is clear that dinosaurs very likely fled to higher ground, survived for a while on beds. Now, beds is a, a hypothesis. Beds stands for briefly exposed diluvial sediment hypothesis. And this is going to be explained in the DVD series as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's areas where they survived in open water or they found their way onto vegetation mats in the early months of the flood. And this also explains why their fossils are found higher in the fossil record than where their tracks are first observed. Now, the rise and fall in sea level account for bone beds and tracks and eggs that are found in multiple stack layers in a particular area. But dinosaurs did have a more labored and cumbersome pace than the faster moving mammals, which are mainly, but not exclusively, found in the higher layers. Right. But eventually they all died. Some mm -hmm. were being buried violently and rapidly. And um, with human fossils, it's, it's quite different because them, they, them being more mobile and intelligent would probably have fled to the higher areas, survived there for a while, tried to remain afloat. And they were not buried suddenly as, as the animals in the lower layers were. They were not suddenly overwhelmed by sediments. And obviously, if they were not buried rapidly in sediments, they would not have fossilized. They would have decomposed, which is why we, we rarely find skeletons that we can associate with a flood. The skeletons of humans that we do find were probably post-flood. Right. So basically, uh, the higher the level of intelligence mobili and, and mobility, the higher in the layers uh, exactly. the, the, the various creatures will be. And that would put human beings right at the top in a place where it would be very, very difficult to find a fossilized human being, whereas uh, less mobile creatures, not so hard at all. That is exactly right. Fantastic. Nicolene, thank you so much for coming back on the show and joining us once again to answer that question. Um, it's Thanks. good to have a, uh, an expert's opinion on it, and we do appreciate your, what you've been able to share with us. Monica, very quickly, we have our last um, quiz clue. Clue. For the quiz. Yes. Okay. So, what am I? Our last clue for this one is Moses sent 12 of these into Canaan, only two came back with a good report. Mm, Twelve mm. what went into Canaan? Two, two what were were hidden by Rahab? Mm -hmm. Two were hidden by these by Rahab. <clears throat> Joseph accused his brothers of being these the teachers of the law. That was that was while he was an official. He was the the vizier, the grand vizier of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Teachers uh, of the law and the chief priests used these to help find a way to arrest Jesus. And Paul accused false brothers of being these to um, make slaves of true believers. And there was two Russian ones of these that have been in the news lately for being poisoned. What is it? One eight hundred three two four eight four three or zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer, this is Haku Clement.
Hoku Clements, your will be done. Monica, what are we giving away today? Well, I figured, right, <clears throat> because it is the weekend yeah. and, uh, and people like to relax on the couch and watch a good movie or some TV, why not give away a DVD? Oh, movie time. Mm, yeah, let's have, yes. a, let's have a movie night. Yeah, oh yeah. I've seen this one though, so it's have a really a, good movie. How do we have a movie night on radio? Uh, give us a call and tell us how it's done because I've had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, this is a movie called Tell the World. Yes. Byline is their world was ending or so they thought. And if you would like to get a copy of this DVD, yes. all you're going to do is be the first person to call through on 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us 0491-064-669 or even jump on our on our website and email us faithfm.com.au and we will send this to you free of charge you know I played a small part in producing this movie are you serious yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of the advisors oh wow because this is a historical film is it not based on a true story it is a historical yep mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is and uh, when it was being made there was occasions when the producers of it came and uh, this is my claim to fame for this uh-huh. morning came and asked me some of some advice so there you go because this is a this it's is about, a film um, about a woman who was 10 minutes of behind the scenes segments that uh, I contributed to oh wow yeah that's, that's cool yeah. yeah, the woman that this story is about is actually a pioneer for our um, Newcastle region, actually. Absolutely, she yeah. is. And one of the great uh, women who, who um, have influenced and brought a tremendous amount of education and business to this region right here back in the 1800s, which was unusual for a woman back then to be doing. So it's a wonderful film. Tell the world. If you want a copy, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Thanks for listening this morning. We've had a great time hanging out with you. And we will see you next week. We hope that you have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Lyle, I hope you have a good weekend. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him
captor is no pharaoh on the Nile Our toil is neither mud nor brick nor sand Our ankles bear no calluses From chains yet, Lord, we're bound Imprisoned here we dwell in our own land